Here we are, the four Bs. You know, the usual suspects are back up in the house. And Mr. All In, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the Excellence of Execution. And surprise, surprise, she's not here. Mrs. No Show. No show. Right? You yeah. shared the link, bro. Yeah, we shared the link. Mrs. We shared the link now, yeah. Yeah. She's missing. <laughs> Again. Pod 66. Yeah, so we've got a good agenda for pod 69, so maybe that's a good one to join. <laughs> Let's do it. For sure. So uh quite weak in the world of Bitcoin, right? Kind of. There's a little bit of drama going on though, some good developments. I think it's, yeah, I think, I don't know, I haven't been paying a huge amount of attention, but the drama's quite good this week. Yeah. Especially with our, our first story here. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So, do you know what, actually, before we do it, I would actually like to say I read Lynn Alden's August newsletter pretty good and also she's done a piece on lightning which is very long and lengthy but um she's done this to really try and highlight to the masses the opportunity that uh, lightning brings to everybody and also standard defuncts the the myth that bitcoin's super slow that the common person says in terms of transactions and that it will never work so uh, yeah as, as you would expect, very insightful, well-written piece. Yeah, I did skim read Lynn's August update. It's so long. So yeah. Oh, yeah, you need to take time out for it. Yeah, it's in chunks. Yeah, a lot of charts, a lot of graphs, a lot of like stuff, and I'm kind of scrolling it around just going, all right. I, I, the problem is, I think it's, it's sometimes like it's almost so detailed and kind of goes over my head. It's almost like some of the conclusions she draws – and I, I can't really dispute it because it's just there's so much knowledge that she has of like decades of various economies and how they've developed, how they rose, how they fell. And then she'll link back to them and reference it. And yeah. I, I don't get half these references. I'm not well enough informed. It's almost like just too good. But it, yeah, it's, it is one of the most comprehensive newsletters I think you can get. And, uh, yeah, it's free as well, isn't it? So, and for free, exactly. Just the fact that she- yeah, yeah. The fact she does that for free and it is so in-depth and insightful. I think um, $200 or something is the annual subscription. Yeah. She uses that, I think, monthly one to like bait you in because it's like that's yeah. the generic macro one. But then if you want to drill down into individual stuff, like she then does others as well. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking with that one, you must get massages and special hand jobs with the $200. Because you know the fact that free one, you get a lot for your money, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it made me also look back on a, a podcast that she did with uh, Raoul Paul as well, because they're both macro investors. Um, to, and it was it kind of felt like, and this was nearly a year ago, that he was picking her brains to really get insight because he clearly knew that, that yeah she's pretty good at this and uh he said he kept on saying well i know my view on this what's yours 
Yeah. In reality, he doesn't know shit. Raul's just a massive scammer. He he, he just parrot speak what he hears from other people just to pay just to shill a paid group that basically shilled shit coins to people. That's how he made a load of his money. Like he lost loads of money in shit coins over the last couple of years. What was his most recent one? Um, so Swever's a really recent one where he lost a shitload of cash. Yeah, but he was charging two and a half grand a month for his newsletter. Wow. People pay it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, people do pay it. I was, uh, interestingly enough, speaking with Bitcoin Suisse, the uh, division of Credit Suisse uh, that just simply accepts Bitcoin for both institutional investors and um, obviously retail investors as well. Uh, during the bull run, they said that the average entry value they increased was to $100,000 uh, just to test Bitcoin out as well. And they were inundated still. So there's a lot of people that are out there just with money and clearly, uh, yeah, happy to throw it away. Sweet. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, so the first story, it's our favourite giga chad. And um, yeah, he's in a bit of hot water this week because he's being sued for tax evasion because we have this Carl Racine who is, he isn't just a nobody, he's actually the official DC Attorney General for Washington. And his accusation is the sailor lives in Washington and should pay taxes there. But the what sailor's version of the story is, he spends a bit of time in Washington, but he lives in Florida, which has much better taxes. And, uh, and yeah, they disagree. And so they obviously feel they have enough evidence to say that Sailor lives in Washington for their, their district attorney, their top guy, to come after him for tax evasion. They've, all, they've also sued MicroStrategy, accused them of enabling this tax evasion. Uh, so it's a double whammy. Who knows what is going to come of it? I don't think Sailor's commented yet. It could be a bit of a frivolous lawsuit, but... Normally, these types of lawsuits are like from individuals and maybe a company or something. And that's very like, whatever, who cares if someone like that sues say that normally that is just someone trying to get attention. But this guy, you know, he represents the right at the top. He's, the, he's literally the most senior legal official in Washington. And he's su- suing say of a tax evasion. So it's a biggie. Yeah, it is a biggie. And surprise, surprise, you know, they're probably trying to take him down for a reason, no doubt. Oh, yeah. The fact um, that he's a Bitcoiner is undoubtedly. Yeah. Not against yeah, him. exactly. Exactly. Let's go say on his tweets, like if you have a look through, like we go Happy Labor Day, 26 tweet uh, likes, 7 likes, 10 likes, 51 likes, 143, 152, 24, 38, 34, 25. And it's actually Michael Saylor. So his top one is... 124 or something oh no we got one below 253 but you know in the hundreds and his one about michael saylor is thirty-seven thousand three hundred. Mm. so you got a lot of people who are kind of lim- like in the crypto space like f heads or xrp or whatever the hell that shit coin they're into who are loving this because he is a bit of a a representation of the bitcoin community 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, hey, death and taxes, right? I don't believe that there is really a case, but if they're going to try and make one, they've put uh, A.G. Carlo Racine in charge to find one. Yeah. I just... I, I God, I'd be amazed if Sailor fought fooled foul to something this basic because it's just correct. Like it's just very obvious. Like he, he would know what the tax law is in Washington and Florida. I, I'm not sure what it is, but normally it's if you stay over 180 days in any one place, then you're now liable for tax. It's normally that. I think some states in America have less than that. It can be as low as 90 or something. But he would know, right? And so why would he, he just would accidentally go over that number? Because then it's such a big thing. Because I mean, tax in Washington is like fifty percent. Tax in Florida is zero. So is he going to lose half of income by spending a little bit too much time in Washington? Man, if he did, that is such a rookie error. And yeah, Taylor does not strike me as the kind of guy that makes a rookie error like that. No, not at all. And I think as well, given the fact that probably it's just trying to take him down by the fact that. He's been CEO of uh, MicroStrategy for such a long time. He's been winning for so long, obviously with the Bitcoin piece as well. Uh, but with Bitcoin being down, hurt him whilst things are, are bad right now. Um, so maybe they can just shut all of this noise down. And then he there's no more, there's no more replicas, is there? You know, really we look at Michael Saylor as the guy that we want others to copy and follow. But if they can take him down for this reason, which is obviously nothing Bitcoin related, but just take him down, it'll, it'll scare others off from even trying. It does just seem like a really basic thing like tax evasion. You know, what's the typical outcome? A fine, isn't it? Or, or so prison. Kind of, you have to pay the tax plus a fine, yeah. And the thing yeah. is, the difference in this one, it could be, you could you could owe billions. Yeah. Differently, because it's, it's the difference is between zero and fifty percent, and it depends on how many years they're suing him for. It could be one year, could be two, could be three, could be ten. Yeah, exactly. It's probably and got no limitation. Yeah, he, he could literally. This could bankrupt Sailor in, in reality. Like if if this is like a twenty-year thing. And they want like fifty percent of twenty years earnings plus a fine on top. With the way Sailor has run his business and leveraged debt for various things, mm. he won't have that cash on hand. He's going to have to sell assets and find money. And it's this is where it could get scary a little bit for Bitcoin because he's gone on. I'd never sell my Bitcoin. So, Correct. Okay, but the problem is you let you went into leverage, and we talked about this when you went into leverage, like. It probably wouldn't happen to someone like Sailor, but it always could. And this is the type of example where even if you're a billionaire, if they go, if they want half your money over the last 20 years, no one can afford that. Not even yeah. billionaire land. So it's whether it's his um stake in micro strategy or his Bitcoin man to pay the um fines and um missing taxes. But it does, you know, it does reek, like you said, someone like Sailor making a basic mistake like this he'll have a pa who organizes his schedule and like one of the things on the schedule be do not make sure or make sure they spend the majority of his time in florida when you're doing a schedule because he needs to be there for tax reasons otherwise it'll cost x you know it'll be one of those high up points along with 
I know Michael Saylor doesn't like getting woken up before 9.30. Yeah, I think Saylor is the type of guy, strikes me as though he counts, he, he would be able to count the minutes and the seconds of where he is or was in a day on whatever day recalling back in the past. So naturally there's 24 hours in the day. He'll tell you, well, actually I only spent 22 hours in said location. So therefore that doesn't class as a day. And, you know, it'll all build up to be like, your whole lawsuits should be out of here. So uh, nice try, but you're gone. Hmm. Yeah, so it just seems like it's probably something to get his reputation so when he's ref when he's referred to in the papers hmm. he can be re referred to as um ex-tax dodger or you know it could be accused tax dodger associated yeah. tax dodger and then yeah. mention the bitcoin so it's a bit of a stain so yeah. it's an interesting one like like uh mr Rowland said when he's low when bitcoin's low go for him because this is time to strike to stop it rising again yeah, but, but I also think to but, fight back. But you kind of go, he isn't the CEO of Bitcoin. He isn't the CTO of Bitcoin. He is just a holder of Bitcoin. And we need to remember that Bitcoin is free. It is decentralized from people. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they was trying to disincentivize other people from maybe being as high profile and <laughs> going for it. It's almost, it's one of those things, isn't it, where it's if you rise up, we're going to look at everything. We're going to analyze everything you've done ever. I'm going to try and find something. And it looks like they think they found somewhere in his history, he spent too many days in Washington. They've gone great. And who knows? They probably would never have audited him if he wasn't as so high, so high profile as a Bitcoiner. Yeah. So I'll be looking at his jets. I'll be looking at his flights. I'll be looking at boat charters everything yeah. but they're kind of like oh there might be a spell here i hope it's a rookie error because it'd be hilarious if um sailor announced it oh they've tried to do me for these days but if you look here i was at in x yeah i think it, i think it's just it's just something for the, for the for the newspapers and cnn and whatever news channels yeah i mean ultimately yeah, there's been others, isn't there? Like um, Donald Trump. I mean, is there a case where he could file for bankruptcy, but obviously still not be bankrupt? And therefore, you know, he gets around it that way. Um, I think there are dodges because I think they put it into a limited company. So I know there's been various people like 50 Cent. Yeah. Done like the um, bankruptcy dodges, but I don't know the ins and outs. Yeah. Um, I mean, Donald Trump's pleaded bankrupt four times, I think. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't worry for him too much. Uh, I, must have, I was actually surprised to even hear that any time in Washington, because mm. in my mind, I thought Sailor was like on a boat somewhere, like just going around the Bahamas and just <laughs> dipping in and off these islands in totally in tax havens away from America. But he clearly isn't. He clearly is in the system. And, um, and yeah, so talking how he does is, is proving a risk. And someone did pull out a podcast that he was on where they go, you know, <clears throat> someone can never seize your Bitcoin. And if they really try, you can just disappear. So it's going to be interesting now to see whether he does that because 
depending on the outcome of this, they might well be pressuring him to go, look, we need an amount of money that requires him to sell some Bitcoin. Is he going to? Because it's clearly probably going to be a bit of a frivolous thing. They're kind of picking through and finding, maybe trying to get him on a technicality. What's the, what's his decision going to be? Are you going to get on the boat and fuck off? Because um, our guy John McAfee did that for a while. Yeah, look how it turned out for him. Exactly. He got suicided off within six months, didn't he? Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> I was watching some of the documentary the other night, because that's on Netflix, and it's just going through his time in around, where is it, Belize and Nicaragua? Nicaragua, so, yeah. So with um, a potential murder of his um, neighbour, but I haven't finished it yet, but it looks like it, end, it ends just after he comes back to the US and he's running for like elections and all sorts in 2016. Yeah, it ends with his suicide. Well, his suicide. Oh, does it? Oh, I've got another like 30 minutes, so I just haven't got around to watch him the last half an hour. With the body that no one's ever seen. Yeah, they refused to show the body, refused all sorts, didn't they? Really, it ends so weirdly. I think this this ending was total bullshit. But one of his ex girlfriends, that really he starts a documentary with this girl from Belize, and she is on it at the end, looking very different. She's like forty now. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. It was like ten years. I was just like, Jesus, you look thirty years older. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's over quite a long. Uh, John was an old guy. So I think he's like seventy, John, in the end. Yes, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah she's girl. But it John. was like 2012, and she looked like 20. And it was like 2022, she looked 50. <laughs> yeah, she, she, time had not been kind to her. But, but weirdly, her last line is, um, John called me yesterday and wants to meet up. He's still alive. And I was like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> this is, I, don't, I don't believe John's alive. I think he, he got killed by the US government because he... He, he embarrassed them by publicly saying he's not going to pay any taxes and he owes them millions and mm. they can go fuck off because they're corrupt and doing all their illegal wars and money printing and he was just a he was a much more volatile violent sailor <laughs> so they kind of they're going after both of them for the same reason but I think sailors will be concluded much more amicably whereas John yeah he was just like fuck you the whole way and they knew he would never shut up. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this also with um, Kanye West as well. Why? Um, yeah, so he's put out a, a series of, uh, of posts on his Instagram about how, funnily enough, as we were talking just before, uh, the Adidas have offered him a billion dollars. Uh, to essentially step away like they feel like they've got enough ideas and enough trainers and then they can just remix them with colors without his say so and he's just like no 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 that's not how it works you know I'm not going away from this I want continued full control and creativity I'm already getting 500 million a year from like royalties this year, 68% of all online sales are my trainers in terms of Adidas trainers. I'm the face of this, like I'm I'm part of all of They're this. They're like, you're toxic now, please leave. Correct, <laughs> correct, yeah. And he also demanded that Jamie Dimon jump on a phone 
uh, call with him uh, because I think somebody that sits on the Adidas board is also sat on the JP Morgan board as well. And, uh, and, and Kanye was just like, I just moved 140 million into JP Morgan. The least you can do is get J- uh, Jamie Dimon on the call with me. Didn't happen. So yeah, he's too toxic. Yeah, he, he's another one that I, I have noticed that he's going a little bit. He he was a little bit nuts before. Like <laughs> yeah. he was outspoken. He's always been outspoken, hasn't he? But he seems to have finally realised that the American government and money is corrupt, and he's starting to talk about the Clintons and George yeah. Soros, Jimmy Diamond. What's, what's wrong with the Clintons? They're a lovely couple. Yeah, it's all their friends commit suicide. Just never know. <laughs> Isn't it was in the immediate circle, as in first hand contacts, there's some like 50 people, aren't there? Yeah, there was a lot lot of security people in there. Yeah, yes. So he he needs to be a little bit careful because obviously he's super outspoken, isn't he? It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to hear in in the coming months that he randomly has like a drug overdose or something. You know, essentially he'll get suicided off as well, or like drug overdosed off because speaking out just about random things about the industries and whatever but once you go for the u.s government and you go for money they're like oh shit he's found the real one now <laughs> like now yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah. dangerous he's coming up yeah. clinton's like oh fuck and it, yeah he needs to take a few extra pills tomorrow night because we don't want him waking up <laughs> it was a, a a really funny one was about i don't know but maybe it was 24 posts <laughs> of each individual member of the Adidas board and a picture of them, but just underneath saying, super nice person sharing the positivity. This is a sarcasm. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, aggressive thing ever. Correct. I correct. love these 24 people. Yeah, yeah. Clearly <laughs> but not love any of these <laughs> Each individual one of them. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how he gets on with that. Cool. So we move on. So, uh, so this is a discovery that you came across, uh, Mr. Orlin. Uh, Peach, a new app that lets you buy up to a hundred euro KYC AML free Bitcoin. Yeah, and it's only um, in Europe. This is probably yeah. the biggest reason why I put it on here because so often this type of stuff gets launched. It's nearly always American nearly always and like by the time it comes out of beta and we're waiting years you know it's just like strike strike's been around for ages good luck getting it and in the uk we just now can't get it peach bitcoin you can get it and and essentially why it's so good is they do it under 100 euros so there's no identity verification you can just download the app they don't need to know who you are what they do is very interesting it's almost like tinder but for buying and selling Bitcoin. So what you do is you go in there and you go, how much Bitcoin do you want to buy? And it's anything from 10 pounds to hundred pounds. And um, you just click one of the things. So I just went, I'll, I'll buy 10 pounds of Bitcoin on here. I want to test it out. And then what happens is they went, um, oh, and it's out on, how do you want to pay as well? And then, so they had a Revolut thing. So I went, okay, I'll pay on Revolut. I don't want to pay bank transfer, PayPal, anything like that. I just want to pay through Revolut. So I click 10 pound Revolut. And, they, and, and I was like, oh, and I'm UK-based. <clears throat> so then it flicks over, and like, you've got four matches. So four people were willing to sell Bitcoin to me. One was at 2% over market price, one at 25 one at 3 one at 4 or something. 
So there's a load of people here willing to sell Bitcoin to me, 10 pounds of it um, for a markup. That was their profit and sell it to me through Revolut as well. So I matched with one of these offers. I matched with like the cheapest offer. I went, okay, I'll pay 2% over market rate. That's fine. About the same as an exchange. I'll pay 2% more to get this 10 pounds. I got matched to this guy. The Bitcoin got put in escrow within Peach. I could see the Bitcoin was sat there. I went off to Revolut. I got his username in Revolut. It was very weird because I had to come out of that app completely. I went into Revolut, my banking app, sent this random guy 10 pounds. It felt weird. Did it. And then there's a chat thing within there and just went, I've sent it. And you went, okay, cool. Got it. And he released the Bitcoin and it doesn't come to your wallet in Peach. It went to my blue wallet. So a completely my wallet that I can now, you know, I've got the hardware wallet for that. So um, it was ace and it all happened within five minutes, five minutes of me putting the bid on. I got matched. I accepted the match. I then went into Revolut, sent money. He obviously went off and sent the Bitcoin and I received it and I paid. I got £10 of KYC free Bitcoin. It was pretty sweet. And the way they control it is because obviously there's a lot of things that can go wrong there. I was going to say, yeah. That they don't want to take custody of the Bitcoin. They don't want to take custody of the money because suddenly then they become a financial institution and all the KYC and AML stuff happens. All they're doing is matching people together and then we're just exchanging relatively small amounts of money outside of their system. So, but the good thing is they got a reputational system in there. So everyone's out of five stars. So if anyone messes about, you know, accepts a bid, doesn't pay or takes ages to pay, you can mark them down on the stars. So they're less likely to get filled. Or if you match with that person as an offer, you're like, no, that person's got two stars. I'm not even going to bother looking at them. Even if they're the cheapest price, they're a messer. I'll go with this guy, a little bit more expensive, but he's five stars. I know I'll get my Bitcoin from this guy. So they're doing it based on trust. It's his, They're trying to do it peer-to-peer. They're trying to do it decentralized. Because if anyone bring, brings down Peach, all that happens is we lose the facility to do this, but no one loses any money and no one loses any Bitcoin. That's what's genius about it, obviously. And there's no way of Peach taking custody of your Bitcoin because you have to put an address where you want to receive it in Peach. So, And they don't give you an address. They're like, you have to have a Bitcoin address to use this service. It, we're not going to give you one. You cannot have mm. a Bitcoin here. We don't want your Bitcoin ever you have to have so, a place to send it. It was pretty good. So in theory, you could use it every week or every day and do 100 euros, but it's time so you could get like, or is there any kind of limit set on it? Yeah, there is a limit. Uh, I think the limit was, well, I'd have to check it. Let's have a look. Why are you doing that? So you downloaded test flight. Is that the, is that the mechanism? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So at the moment, yeah, you do have to do that. So it's in private beat at the moment. Yeah, so you have to go on their website. If you're on iPhone, you have to register. I think if you're on Android, you can download it straight away because they have like an open system. Um, on Google Play, you have to register and it'll send me an email. So I did it just before. So I kind of, I meant to do it, but I kind of thought I want to have a bit of a play. It's like lightning. I want to, you know, see what's going on. Yeah, I haven't had time to get around to it. I got the email. I was looking for it. So I've got to download test flight and then... I've got my like specific number and then start testing. 
yeah, it's it's great. The, the app could be a little bit more user friendly. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit plain. I've, I can see the limit now. So the la- the daily trading limit, essentially, it's a hundred euro, um, a thousand euros a day. So pounds, it's eight hundred eighty three pounds. So okay. I think, yeah, day daily trading. Even, limit. even though um, it's non KYC. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that is what the KYC laws say. You don't need KYC if you're doing it under a thousand euro. Yeah, it came down to a thousand euro. But I think, I don't know what the time limit is ultimately, but I think overall, if you trade over, it's either 2,000 or 10,000, I should know in total, then there needs to be some sort of KYC performed as well. I was going to say, at some point, it does trigger KYC within a year. Yeah, I think the, the interesting thing I think will be is have they found a loophole here? I think you might be right and maybe they haven't, but I think what they're doing is a little bit like you know eBay, where they're just mm. going, look, people are just getting together here and exchanging anything from £10 to £100 worth of goods. It happens to be money. and the, eBay has limits again. You hit beyond a certain selling limit on eBay automatically put as a shop so you should be um putting forward taxes so you have to be registered as a company okay right well, maybe this these are the yeah. things though as we we're talking that they are trying to flush out because it's still in beta mode yeah it'd be really interesting this i've signed up for it so i want to have a bit of a play look at the limits and understand it because it's not so much i've had really active um overview for probably about five years now Mm. It's a, I think you make a really good point there, Mr. Rollin, the fact that it is here in the mirror. Um, you know, I, I, I've got it here. It's it's actively telling you to take screenshots and to send it back to us and to describe your thoughts of how things have gone. So, yeah, going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great idea, right? And it's just it's one of those horrible things that like, this is why I've, I always had this type of idea to expand Bitcoin lessons into this type of thing. I never went there just because I know that if, the, if your app's successful, people are going to want to buy loads of Bitcoin through it. And then you're going to, it's going to get hit by these financial regulations. And it's just, and I don't believe in any of them. It's just that there are a load of bollocks. And I just would hate to, to have had to put KYC into my app. I never would have wanted to do it. And who knows? I'd, I'd imagine probably behind the scenes of this, all I can see is daily limit is a thousand euros. So maybe if I max that out, it might then go, right, that's your daily limit. You can only do one of them a month or something. Who knows? Well, you are uh, you are the billion dollar man now that, that we're on the bear run. So you've still got the money for it. So yeah, I think it's worth us all having a bit of investigation because it is kind of like a step forward, something which we've got to look at work out how it works what the limits are whether it's worth doing the dca for it mm. having a also, having a nice little stock of satoshis which are non-kyc'd yeah it also just goes to show doesn't it that as we always say we're so early in the game that these new innovations of how we're going to interact and use bitcoin are coming out so um so yeah we need to test them it was like playing with Blue Wallet for the first time. Um, yeah. I think we did that many, many moons ago on the show. And it was, you know, really straightforward and just going, oh, this is piss easy. It's just an address. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bitcoin is really, really easy. It's kind of crazy that, you know, because it, it's easy to buy Bitcoin on Revolut, but then you have to wait, you have to send it out. Obviously, it's from a KYC account. So now, you know, that by sending it from Revolut to my wallet, I now have basically told the, the UK government that that's my wallet because it wouldn't have gone there otherwise. But on this one, I can create a new wallet. I can download Peach. I can get genuine, you know, the, the Revolut money that went in. All that they've got record of is I sent £10 worth, worth of value to this random guy. They have no clue why. They don't know that behind the scenes that guy sent me um, at the time, it was 50,000 sats. And I have that in a wallet. They have no clue where it is. So, yeah, it's genuine KYC-free Bitcoin. So let's just say you're in a, in a situation where Sailor was and you get done for tax evasion or whatever. Your KYC Bitcoin that you've bought through Coinbase or whatever, or through Revolut, wherever it is, that is not private. You can joke about losing it in a Boeing accident all day long. They won't believe it. They will go, fuck it. We want it. And if you're not going to give it us, we'll put you in prison. Whereas this Bitcoin, they don't know it exists. So you can just pretend you know you have no knowledge of it and they can't go, you have to send that Bitcoin to me. It's, but it's, it's building up to a decent amount. So, you know, yeah. as we suspect, there'll be a number of limits. It's trying to build it up to that, that general limit, unless you're planning on, you know, hyper-Bitcoinization where governments are still trying to hunt people down and it's something to live off for a while until the government finally dies off. Yeah. If anything, I just use it now and try and get, do DCA for it now. Yeah. Yeah, as much non-KYC Bitcoin as you can, potentially before this gets shut down. Yeah. The thousand yeah. day, you can get that up to a decent level pretty quick. And what I, what I want to experiment with a little bit as well, like imagine you're like just converting your KYC Bitcoin into non-KYC Bitcoin. You could make a profit on that, right? Mm -hmm. So depending on who you're matching with, you could grab your thousand euros of Bitcoin and go, I want to convert this. This is KYC Bitcoin and I want non-KYC Bitcoin. What you could do is put it up for sale in 100 euro chunks and go, I'm willing to sell this for 5% over the market rate. And then when you go to buy it, go, I'm going to be patient and I'll buy it for 2% over the market rate. So you made 3%. Arbitrage. That's the one. Yeah. But it's the unpredictable price of Bitcoin, which I think you know, the issue there was during volatile times before it actually gets um, a stable base. So you never know, but I suppose the, pro the potential losses would still be minute in the timeframes that we're talking about. So it could be worth it because you'd have your non-KYC Bitcoin in the future anyway. So yeah, if yeah. you take a 10% loss, it's still, you know, I've got non-KYC'd. Yeah, and, it, and you yeah. shouldn't really be taking the 10% loss, really. You should be, it's, you know, it should take you no more than an hour or so to convert both ways. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, so from one new innovation to another, uh, which leads us on quite nicely to the fact that Trezor and Wasabi link up to provide CoinJoin natively on a hardware wallet. Um, again, another story that you found, Mr. Orland, do you Walk and talk us through this one. The first yeah. hardware wallet with on-device CoinJoin. Exactly, yeah. So obviously we talk about CoinJoin a lot. 
but it's tough to do, right? So Wasabi is something I've used, but it's a separate thing. You have to download it separately. You have to load your Bitcoin into it. Then you have to put it through Wasabi. It goes and get coin joins, and then you get it back. And once you got it back, you can send it on to where you want. But it's a whole separate service. Whereas obviously most people use Trezors, Ledgers, whatever hardware wallet you use. Now they haven't shared any intimate detail about what this exactly means, but Trezor at least said yeah, they have it on, on, on the device as CoinJoin, which you would hope, I'm saying guessing here, but a speculation, but your, your various wallets that sit within Trezor, hopefully there'd just be a nice little button next to it that says CoinJoin. And if you click that button, yeah, it will charge you, mm. it'll tell you how much it's going to cost. Maybe it'll be five, 10, 15 pounds, because these things aren't cheap. You're doing thousands of thousands of online transactions to muddle your coins up with many other people. So they pop out at the end, so they can't be traced. That's what CoinJoin is. No, it's so obviously say they, they can be traced. It's just. Yeah, I suppose like, we write examples where they could be, yeah, depending on how much you want to be investigated. Yeah. If you're a billion, if you, if you run off of a billion, dollars and someone investigates it then maybe they could find it but um yeah if, if you're doing relatively low amounts it's much harder to trace it's the large amounts that they are easier so the people that got caught are the people that are like loan trying to money launder hundreds of millions worth of either bitcoin or a random shit coin and the problem is when you go into wasabi their liquidity is relatively low so when you rock up with 100 million like there's only another 20 million sat on the other side so when you when you mix 100 million into 20 and it pops out the other end, it's, it's not too hard to figure out where the 100 still is. It's like, they came out, they came out here, here, and here. Like, there's another 20 over there, but we're pretty sure. Whereas if you're just throwing in a 1,000 1, pounds worth, that's that 1,000 pounds is now getting thrown into the liquidity of 20 million. All gets jumbled up and pops out the other end. It's very hard to track through a 1,000 pound worth of Bitcoin through a coin join. Um, and it, the it coin joined, sorry, the, the coins that are in CoinJoin or obviously the process, could that have potentially come from a platform or an exchange that doesn't necessarily perform KYC? Because in, in certain jurisdictions, they may not be as stringent as EMEA. Yeah, you don't know where it comes from. It's just other users, so it could come yeah. from it's just whoever's wanting to coin join at any one time, <clears throat> which is why like, sometimes people try and scaremonger and go, oh, it's going to be a load of drug dealers, terrorists. They're the ones going to be using coin join. So the risk is that your Bitcoin gets mixed with terrorist Bitcoin and then mm. pops out the other end and you have terrorist Bitcoin. Like, oh, no. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's not. Most of the people doing it are just people that want to have non-KYC Bitcoin. It could yeah. be worse. It could be truckers' Bitcoin. Canadian <laughs> <laughs> truckers. Yeah. But, um, but it looks good. It looks good. I, I really hope this is more of like, this is a trend. I really want more coin join to happen. On There seems to be quite cool things happening with hardware wallets. So we've got Jack Dorsey, who's looking at the um, different ways of authenticating. So I think it was a server-side device and biometrics um, so bringing the three together was this bringing in Wasabi into um, Trezor. And it's just like we're starting to see some innovation on the on the storage now, which is what we talked about probably a year ago. Is it probably is the hardest stage 
it's like getting your head around the fact that you've got to put it on a ledger, you've got to take it off an exchange, you've got to store your 12 or 24 words, you've got to store it in different ways, you've got to hide all the stuff, you've got to have a plan, other people have got to understand it. And like just having a couple of things like this is like definitely making massive strides forward. Yeah, it's just a shame that the hardware wallet that I use, Ledger, all their innovation is in shit coins. Like every time I mm. load that up, they got three updates. It's like now got support for this NFT or dots. It's like yeah, you're wasting all this time and energy on shit coins. Like, do you not want to board eight? <laughs> I know. It's like just put coin join in here. Just put make this more user friendly. Like well, Jesus Christ, well, secure Bitcoin better. Don't stop wasting your time on these shit coins. We were having a look for a week, and um, they've discontinued the what was it the nano the nano s s and they brought yeah. and they're pushing you onto this one with bluetooth on it yeah, it's nano got a great battery and like they're saying all oh, the bluetooth secure but okay here's an example someone breaks into my house i've stored it I don't know, in my chimney or whatever i haven't by the way because you couldn't fit anything there um and they don't know where it is but surely they can pick up that bluetooth signal so they know it's there well, I don't think it's got any power. Has it got? I don't think it's got a battery in it, has it? Or has it? I think it does. Yeah, the battery will, will be on when it's on, for example. So it won't emit a Bluetooth signal unless, of course, you're using it. So, not plugged in. Yeah, or, or not plugged in. So there's like, you know, small risks that you've, you've plugged it in, you're on, somebody's obviously around, they're going to be close enough to the property within 10 metres to pick okay. up Bluetooth. So someone who lives in a flat. Yeah. It's still a risk. It's still yeah. mounting there's, up risks. There's, there's still risks. So I thought it was on all the time. Risks. I thought it was some long-standing battery, but my misunderstandings. But yeah, still, it's just, it's increasing risks which are unnecessary to make yeah. it look fancy. I mean, if you're I in think a crowded place... I totally agree on the Bluetooth risk as well because what, what one of the features that it has is it, it will Bluetooth into your phone so you can keep track of your balance on your phone. Straight away when I hear that, I think that is a nightmare because now, obviously, we know phones are very easy to hack. If they're updating via Bluetooth from your hardware wallet onto your phone, what is to stop someone being able to tr intercept that signal and send the signal back, which says send this bitcoin off this wallet it and the, the odds and they've said it's impossible da, 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 but i'm like i don't want this hardware wallet communicating to my phone it's I even want... just it's even just tracking down the location hmm. so it's okay they various phones are hacked and they get the location of phone because you can do that off the coordinates and then they've got a house they've got an area where they know there is a bitcoin hardware wallet say with 10 bitcoin or whatever so it's well and truly worth robbing and tying up that house. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, but, it's silly. I still use the Nano S and I think they may, they've discontinued selling it, but it's still supported. So you've got one, yes. it's fine. Because <clears throat> I'm not upgrading to the X. I, I, I've got a Trezor. I've got a cold card. I'll, I'll just move on to them. I'm not going to, I'll probably move away from Ledger once the X is, is done. I've got, I've got Bitcoin on all of those wallets anyway. But the Bitcoin I have on Ledger, I'll probably move off. If they ever even suggest they're discontinuing Ledger S and the support, then well, then I'm off and I'll, I'll stop being a customer because 
Uh, is it a shitcoin wallet in reality that happens to also store Bitcoin? Well, yeah. the, uh, the the Ledger uh, Nano S Plus doesn't have the Bluetooth piece. So um, it just allows you to add more shitcoins on there. So there is that You're one. paying for innovation in the Ledger <laughs> for something which you don't want. It's that you yeah. just produce a Bitcoin um, wallet. So Trezor, I think, does that? Yeah, Trezor does shitcoins as well. The only one that really does only Bitcoin is cold card. That looks like a calculator, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that why you type in your code on that one? Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting design. Not really sure why I did it that way, but yeah. So it looks like, you know, those HSBC calculators from a few years back. Yeah. Yeah, it does. yeah. It does. Well, I, I think according, according to NVK, who's the guy that created it, he says it's more secure, like the... The second you have these screens and stuff, like they can. Um, uh, number one, I think it said that's less usable, and also there's more attack vectors there. But the buttons apparently more secure or something. But I don't know. It looks a bit. I was, was going to say, just going back to your point before about obviously having the ledger in your property, is that essentially, I believe that everyone will have one or some form of ledger device so it's like once upon a time you know mobile phones used to be the hot thing to sell uh, sorry to steal and sell whereas now it's not really it, you know you know people used to steal tvs didn't they you know like burglars used to come around and steal t like who's going around and stealing a tv because they're just so accessible to everyone so yeah, it's super early, but I, I think eventually it will just be a, a thing of, well, everyone's got one. Sweet. Right. Next one is hack of the week. Guy screenshots his backup words and loses his money. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately I realized this has been deleted. So yeah, yeah. When, uh, I to, when I went to read it, I was like, "Oh, great!" But I think I got a gist of it from the um, comments and Reddit of what went, went on. I was just like, "Fucking Ethereum!" <laughs> yeah, assholes. Yeah, because the, what the story used to say was it's a long rambling thing about a guy that had had a load of money and he he put it into Celsius to begin with, so. We all know what Celsius did, right? They promised you X percent of returns. Yeah. And they went bust and stole it all. They they gambled it and lost. So this guy had said he'd lost like 50, 60K or something in Celsius. And he was just rebuilding. And he'd managed to build himself up another 5 or 10K, he said, um, over the last couple of months. And he went on this rambling story about he put it here, he put it there. I don't know if someone got it here, got it there. And then mixed in, he was saying, oh, yeah, I did screenshot my 24 words, but I deleted it from iCloud, so I think I was safe, and just carried on going. And obviously all the comments are just like, dude, this whole explanation of where you think the hack happened, you admitted to screenshotting it. The second you screenshot it and it goes on iCloud, it is never deleted. It's, there's going to be a copy of it somewhere. So what's happened is someone's got into your iCloud or weirdly there's there's lots of other ways of getting access to your photos lots of other apps when you 
download them, ask, can we have access to your photos? Because you might want to post mm. that photo, edit that photo. So a lot of these apps go, oh, yeah, we're a, you know, a photo editing app, we're a meme creating app, whatever it might be. You download that, you give it access to your photos, but behind the scenes, that app is not really a photo editing app. It's not a meme creating app. Really what they're doing is they're looking at everyone's photos and seeing everyone's being really stupid and there's 24 words screenshot in there. And the second they see it, they empty the wallet. And that's what happened to this guy. But, you know, it's, it's no surprise. He got done in Celsius, lost all his money there. He tries to rebuild and he screenshots his 24 words on the way. And he loses it all again because he yeah, just went into his wallet one day and all his Bitcoin, ETH and various shit coins had all just been emptied. It's like, dude, I, I, I would like to feel sorry for you, but th- this this is just... We bought ETH, so, you know, enough said. <laughs> yeah. Talking of which as well, there's a uh, move from proof of uh, work to proof of stake, right? Uh, coming up. Uh, next week next week yeah mid mid September so it'd be interesting to see is this where Ethereum breaks and that will definitely cause a lot of waves in the market even though uh, you know it's Ethereum based yeah the best thing for Bitcoin really could be if ETH literally just fucks itself completely next week and it's moved from proof of work to proof of stake, fails, and they just lose all the money. Nearly every other shitcoin is somehow based on Ethereum being the platform and there's some type Correct. of application on it. It completely destroys the shitcoin story. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to fail. And, and even if it did fail, I don't think it would result in total loss because it's so centralized that Vitalik would just roll it back. Mm. If it fails, all it will fail in doing is it will still be on proof of work. They won't be able to move a proof of stake. They'll just stay where they were. Um, because if, if, if this was Bitcoin doing something like this and it failed, it would be over. Experiment over. We tried. We, we, we pivoted to a thing. It broke Bitcoin. There's no way of rolling that back. Like it's just, we're just done. Like every step has to be forward. And because we're not centralized, we can't just roll back and completely undo the immutable chain. You know, you, the only st- stage forward on the on a proper blockchain is forwards. But in Ethereum, they've already proven they go backwards, which means it's not immutable anymore because they're centralized. Yeah. They can just delete part of the blockchain, go back, and then just p- pretend that bit never happened. They did that on a on the DAO hack about seven years ago when people stole one guy stole like four hundred million or something of everyone's money. They just rolled back the chain before he took the money. So I would imagine the same thing will happen next week in some shape or form. Though I, I don't think it'll happen next week. Number one, I, I can only I would. I, I was going to say I was going to say that I don't think it's going to happen, and I also think in the worst case scenario, is there ETH two similar to like Bitcoin Cash and then Bitcoin or classic Bitcoin. Yeah, I think I think they're really going to struggle. It's very confusing because. A lot of people don't understand what's going on. There's going to be like two chains and it's like, which yeah. one is ETH? And Correct. I think the way it's going to be is the new ETH is going to keep the ETH name from now, but it's technically on a different blockchain because it's on a proof of stake one. The old ETH is going to be on the old blockchain. It's going to continue though. Some people are going to continue mining it, 
And I think that one's called ETH proof of work or something. And then mm. I mean, there's another set of people going to fork it again at the same time. It's just it's a complete like clusterfuck. It's it, weirdly it's, it reminds me of Bitcoin back in 2017 when it forked for the first time. There was Bitcoin yeah. Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Platinum. It was confusing yeah. as fuck. It was a very bad time for Bitcoin. Everyone was just like, which is the Bitcoin? And now <laughs> ETH is doing through it, but we went through that as a contentious. There's like a war, a civil war in Bitcoin of like how big the block block um, size should be. So we got kind of forced into doing that. Beef doing this voluntarily. They want to move to proof of stake. but Because yeah. I do think, like, we've spoken about, um, it may not necessarily be directly on the podcast, but uh, Facebook is ultimately the only killer that can kill itself, you know, ultimately. And so Ethereum may kill itself and no and nothing else it could carry on as is and being number two would continue to rise as bitcoin rises and everything could be absolutely fine but by doing this they're putting themselves in a in a vulnerable position and again potentially the marketplace as well i also don't understand still don't understand why they're doing it is it to appease your authorities it's to put uh, the woke crowd because it's the whole environmental thing. They've gone, oh, proof of work's bad for the environment. We're moving to proof of stake. The real reason they're moving is because it's nearly impossible to run an Ethereum node. You can't run it with proof of work. It's full of JPEGs and bollocks and shit coins. So mm. you know, just like how like anyone can run a Bitcoin node with a Raspberry Pi. You know, basically, for $99, you could fire up a Bitcoin node, download the whole blockchain, and be a node. To do that on Ethereum, you need like nearly a soup of a computer because the, the blockchain is so fucking big that there's only like eight nodes. So to call that their chain like proof of work, it's like yeah, eight people do proof of work and they're all, it's Vitalik and seven of his mates. So by moving to proof of stake, all it really means is they don't have to run these huge nodes anymore for proof of work. Instead, they, re, they run proof of stake nodes instead. And but it, yeah, it, it obviously hugely centralizes their thing, but they don't have to use huge amounts of electricity now to secure the network. But that the, the electricity they were using wasn't securing their network anyway, because there's only seven guys doing it. So it was still centralized. So in reality, it makes sense for Ethereum to move to proof of stake, because proof of work is a genuine waste of energy. I actually agree, because they weren't securing anything. They're securing a centralized protocol that could be compromised by arresting seven people. Bitcoin is decentralized using this energy because there's tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people all running mm. to miners. That's a good use of energy because we're decentralizing sound money. There's no point wasting any, any energy on Ethereum. Just centralize the shit out of it, put it on a database like proof of stake and let the morons do what they want on it. watch this space i'm sure we'll probably have some stories on it as well uh no doubt in uh no shit coin corner of the week uh and our, our last uh story for the week is the exchange rug pull right so uh crypto founder arrested for running off with customer funds 
faces thousand years in jail. <laughs> yeah. So this just a Turkish guy, wasn't it? Yeah. I know he's arrested in Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the founder of the Turkish cryptocurrency exchange Thodex. Oh yeah, he is Turkish as well. Yeah. 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 Oh no, but um, he got arrested in Albania. Albania. Yeah. Yeah, arrested in Albania. Two billion dollars worth of crypto, but this obviously this is just the, another story. It's just it's just a tired kind of example. It's another exchange that didn't existed. Obviously, they built up their reserves to two billion dollars. The guy just runs off, doesn't he? And um, the like, the good thing about this, at least, is that they caught him. Yes, and I don't know where the hell that prison sentence comes from. Like forty thousand <laughs> years. Like I I've seen serial killers get hundreds of years in prison i've never seen anyone get forty thousand years same yeah the bit we're just missing off this one did he run with the money or did he run because they made it illegal to deal in crypto in turkey Mm. because this is a really good point because if he ran because you know, you can feel a bit more sorry for him because he ran because Turkey are going to go, we're going to put you in fucking prison. So went, fuck it, I might as well go. But if he's running with money, you know, obviously he's a scumbag. But I think it's the first. I think it's because it got made illegal and they went, we're going to arrest you. So he went, oh, I better go. Yeah, it depends then, doesn't it? It depends what he did with that two billion. Was it just in his company? Because the thing is, if you, you, could, you could run and leave the platform up and let everyone just take their funds out. The way this reads is the funds were not able to be taken out and he ran off of them. Who knows? Yeah, it just doesn't go into the detail. No, it doesn't. Of course it won't. <laughs> of course it won't. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, that'd be a very interesting that suddenly that would turn this guy from a cr- criminal into essentially a hero where, yeah, he was just a victim. He was like the coin base of Turkey and they came for him. So he ran and now they got him. And they're doing him on some type of kingpin type charge. Mm. Whereas in reality, all he's doing is running a decent business that suddenly was over- made illegal overnight. But uh, yeah, who knows? Because th- this article is from a quite a random like site. So I, it's not really, I'm not sure how biased they are either way. It could be, uh, I think it is like a crypto. Hey. So a quick Google, it says Oza is accused of creating a criminal organization and committing fraud in Turkey. That's very open. I found something as well that um, just with regards to the regulation, I'll I'll just read it super, super quick, but um, essentially there is... uh, Regulation by the Central Bank of Republic of Turkey prohibits the use of crypto assets as a payment instrument in large transactions. This regulation guide have now come into force to aim to preventing the use of cryptocurrencies in terrorist or criminal activities due to their decentralized and untraceable features. All this comes in the wake of one of the biggest cryptocurrency scams in Turkey's history in 2021, when some 400,000 people were defrauded of more than $2 billion. Again, it doesn't go on to state whether or not they were able to get that money back, because again, if they've caught him, then the money 
could be sent back to them, but we don't know whether or not they always had access to the money. Uh, and this is interesting as well, because I'm currently re-listening to The Missing Crypto Queen. And uh, it's so interesting listening to it because it has elements of legitimate Bitcoin language within it. And it's actually described as the perfect crime as well. Uh, In the fact that someone was there, she's now gone. The amount of money that they were able to raise, which was $15.8 billion dollars apparently through one coin in the height of 2017 but of course no one has been able to get any of that money back so um so yes it'll be fascinating to try and find out a little bit more about this one yeah it doesn't sound good from that description there it does sound like he ran no. like illegitimately it looks like he created an exchange purely to rug pull and run off with the customer funds so. yeah as always, another example of just... No, no, and the thing is, though, it doesn't really matter for the customers who gives a shit. Whether he ran off legitimately or the government stole the funds well, when he left, the, the like, takeaway point is don't leave your, your funds on the exchange. They're always at risk. And it's if you're not too sure about the exchange, do £50 initially, withdraw it straight away. And each time you do a deposit, withdraw it. Yeah, um, we say this as well, but the only real safe place goes back to what we've been talking about is on a ledger, because your money is not equally safe in the bank. So uh, we do have a podcast that is coming up all around security and uh, you know the security of your Bitcoin and your custody of your Bitcoin. So what's this space where we'll be? We'll be kind of going more in depth on that. It's only um, taken what is it about four months in the making? Making, yeah. <laughs> it's quite good things and all of that. I'll have to come up with some other kind of subjects. See if we get any other questions where we can do a whole show on. Yeah. Be uh, before we go, yeah, wrap up. Any any feedback on episode sixty five, aka Daddy? <laughs> great name oh other than the name being very awkward to send to your dad <laughs> yeah yeah. I haven't had any feedback yet um, but I did ask him um, he said I can't send that to my dad I'm like you can yeah uh, I have to ask him again well I know the everyday man will be watching so once uh, yeah, this pod episode 66 is uploaded um, yeah let us know if uh, what the feedback is, and hopefully, you know, we answered a lot of questions, but equally allayed a lot of fears as well. He didn't insult his daddy too much. No. We had a conversation about how much you jizz in a pod, but, you know, that was about <laughs> the only raucous bit of a pod. Actually, this one being quite a clean, clean pod until um, right now, when I just said that. No, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that... So never look started with HJs and BJs in the beginning of the pod as well. That's very yeah. tame. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, as always, we've uh, been here for your listening pleasure. Thank you. Wherever in the world you are listening to the world's most bullish podcast, which has been brought to you by Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution. And naturally, she was here, but she's never here, Mrs. No Show. Mrs. No Show does exist. We've sent her the link. Join on in. If you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, well done. Peace out.